Kia ora, this is Trevor Shaler. I'm the CEO of Sport Manawatu in Palmerston North, New Zealand. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsis. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere we go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get those leaders to step up and lead change, then it can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in a fast-moving world. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining me on today's show. So our guest today is Trevor Shaler. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Sports Manama 2, a regional sports trust providing services and events benefiting the sport and active recreation interests of Palmerston North City, Manamatu, and other regions uh, and within New Zealand. As a sportsman, Trevor has won 13 national boxing titles, represented New Zealand at the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, and won bronze medal at the 1994 Commonwealth Games in Canada. Trevor has also been involved in nine Olympic Commonwealth Games campaigns with a focus on athlete support and games time. He was a deputy chef de mission for New Zealand team in the 2014 Glasgow Commonwealth Games and 2016 Rio Olympics. Trevor's also worked in the social change and health promotion, working on several national advertising campaigns. And he's uh, been you know, working around things around uh, breast and um, cervical uh, screening, uh, s- sexual health problem, uh, gambling and mental health. In 2012, Trevor became a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for a contribution to sports and the community. And I had the great pleasure of actually being there in his after party to enjoy the celebration of him actually receiving that award. He is a life member of the New Zealand Olympic Order and was recently awarded an honorary associate by the Universal College of Learning, UCOL. In September 2019, Trevor completed his master's degree with distinction from the University of Belgium. Now, his research looked at the influence of Māori culture on the New Zealand Olympic and Commonwealth Games teams experience. So it's just a great pleasure to have Trevor here. Trevor, welcome to the show today. Kia ora. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Great to be here. Great. Great to have you here too. Hey, um, so I've given a brief background on you. Um, Is there anything else you might want to add a little bit about your background? I think, um, 
Yeah, I was really. It's always uh, interesting listening to uh, the, you know, your profile being read. You know, and you think, oh, geez, you know, trying to reflect on all of those those moments. Because when I do reflect on it, it's quite interesting to to think about all of the range of activities um, you end up getting involved with. In terms of um, a little bit more information about my background, you know, obviously Palmerston North is, is where I grew up. Both my mum and dad uh, were, were pretty keen on on a family and we, we ended up with uh, five boys. So I've got four four brothers. Uh, we adopted another brother and two sisters. So we ended up with uh, quite, a, quite a big family. So, But wow. there was a six and a half year gap between my oldest brother and my youngest brother. So uh-huh. you can imagine with a six and a half year gap, not, not, not a lot of gap between us. And so we, you know, grew up in a pretty robust environment. You know, boxing and, and fighting was always top of the pops and yep. at our house. And, um, yeah, and that was, you know, sport played a really big part in our, in our upbringing. And um, I was lucky enough to get involved with boxing, so you know, which which took me on a whole whole different pathway. Which really is is really when I think about the discussion today around leadership is changing. You know, that's a good starting point is to understand where where, where it started from. And for me, uh, sport was really that that avenue that that kicked things into into play for me around leading and and being an, and part of part of a, a wider group, even though boxing was an individual sport. Yeah, yeah, cool. And sounds sounds like it was really exciting times, you know, with your with uh, siblings and that, and uh, growing up together with them. Hey, for you, um, how did you get into leadership? Oh, it's a really good question, um, Dennis. I um, I I was taking some notes early, and I'm thinking, no, how did I get into leadership? And the honest truth is, I I fell into it. And I, when I look back on my career and uh, in my office, I've got one of my photos. And when I was 12 years of age, uh, I was um, the captain of the, the rep team for one or two for softball. I was actually the national champion of uh, in boxing as well, but in in the softball team, that was I was that was the first time that I was in a leadership role in terms of being a being the captain of the team. And I suppose ever since then, I've kind of always had this level of expectation from others around me kind of taking a, a lead role. And again, I, like I said, I, I don't think I, it doesn't feel like I I ran towards it, but it was something that was in front of me quite frequently. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, and when I think about my other parts of my career, when I moved into the health sector, you know, being a young Māori male in, in public health in New Zealand was quite novel. So, right. you know, it was mainly women that did the health promotion type work rather than men. And again, so it thrust me into, you know, again, a leadership role because of the uniqueness of me being in that sector. But because I, because I was boxing and obviously training to go to the Olympics, I spent a lot of time 
been contacted by schools. Schools would ring me and say, oh, Trevor, can you come in and talk to our students about goal setting and, you know, you're, you're off to the Olympics and what's that like? And and I um, really took the, took advantage of that opportunity and went and talked to schools. And I realistically, I developed a lot of skills during those sessions around storytelling and connection and self-awareness and developing my emotional intelligence to try and read the audience. And I think that was a real big grounding for me was – you know, being thrust in front of, you know, groups of people to to tell stories and, and to talk and try and string everything together to try and get to a point to inspire a group of young people that I was in front of. So that's, you know, it's a really cool thing to reflect on in terms of, you know, how, how far I've come, but also how far there is still to go. Yeah, yeah, great. And also influencing so many people as well, because, you know, I love to see what their stories are now yeah. as a result of actually hearing somebody like yourself in the past as well, which would be Pretty interesting to hear. Hey, um, Trevor, you know who's your favourite leader? Now, this this question here is: it could be someone who's alive or from history. So, who's your favourite leader and why? It's a pretty big question because, again, I think it's hard to pinpoint any one individual. Mm-hmm. I think of over the years when I think about you know uh, leaders and mentors and people that have come in and out of my life who I've been able to learn something from or, or take something from you know it has been quite vast and I've been fortunate you know when I think about you know when the students really the teacher turns up and I've been fortunate that a number of teachers who are leaders uh, have turned up in, in my life and but the person that I'm going to talk about is a guy by the name of Amster Reedy. Amster passed away in a few years ago now, in 2012. So uh, what's it, eight years? His his full name is New Amsterdam Reedy. And uh, he was named after a merchant sea carrier that took the Māori Battalion to the war. And uh, he was the eldest child of 18. And uh, 18. I, 18 children. He was the eldest of 18. Wow. And he um, became my mentor, and I really looked up to him as a, as a leader. He was he was a, an amazing man, both in terms of his cultural knowledge and the depth of his cultural knowledge, but also the way in which he was able to connect through his humility. He was inspiring, but he. You know, he he did so much for me and created so many really, really good opportunities for me. And he was the one that said to me one day, he was correcting me. You know, I'd I'd made a mistake with something and he corrected me. And um, I felt really embarrassed, you know, that that I was being corrected. And he said to me, because he could see that, that I felt a bit of shame and a bit of embarrassment. And he said to me, the way to think about it is, you know, I'm correcting you because I want the best for you. You know, I want you to be better. And ever since then, I've, I've been far more comfortable with getting things wrong. <laughs> I've been yep. far more comfortable with, you know, people uh, providing feedback or providing input into terms of how I could do things differently or better, you know, and I, I haven't 
So that that hasn't been a, a block or a barrier for me. So, you know, Amster was, uh, he was an incredible um, individual. I mean, I could tell you for stories for, for days, um, Dennis. We, we travelled together overseas. We did some amazing work in the cultural space with the New Zealand Olympic team and different different organisations that he and I both worked for because we ended up working, joining up together and working quite closely on a range of projects that were about health and, and well-being. But when mm -hmm. I, I'd be sitting in the room from a cultural perspective, and there'll be a cultural piece or a welcome to our our process. And, and Amster's very, was uh, amazing in terms of his level of cultural knowledge and understanding of all the rituals and so forth. And he would kick me under the table. I'm not sure if that's very um, leader leadership-like, but he'd kick me under the table and go, hey, he'd look at me and I'd look at him. And, then, and it, the kick under the table was, it's, I'm not going to, that he wasn't going to stand up. He was kicking me to say, hey, can you reply? And uh, again, there was that, that challenge around going, oh, okay, okay, oh, it's my turn. He wants, you know, and again, when, when, when I think about it, he was creating more opportunities for me to stand and show what I was capable of, but with his support and with him as a safety net to make sure that he was there to catch me if I needed it. And that, to me, that was uh, amazing. Yeah, tremendous. Yeah, so been giving you the opportunities to challenge you to get out there and do something different, but also go and do something, but knowing that safety net is there, which is great to have in there as a supporter. Fantastic. Trevor, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that terminology, well, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think your introduction, you know, put the, um, you know, that puts the finger on the pulse really around, you know, that, that notion that, 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 notion that um, change is constant. And I think yep. um, I think that's the important part. And I think we we have to adapt and evolve. And that's what it means for me when you say leadership is changing. That that means that we've got to continue to learn, to adapt, to change, to think about our context. To you know, I think the challenge for 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 a leader is to be able to navigate your way through those complexities to try and boil it down into some simple actions. Often. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can run towards it or, or you could choose to be a bit more um, reactive on it. I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm sprinting towards it, but I, I, I would like to think that I'm moving towards the fact that I'm okay with the fact that it's changing because if you realise that that's the norm, then that will allow you to be able to see and take different types of opportunities, I think. Yeah, at least if you could acknowledge it and know that it is actually happening and then you can do something about it, that, that's for sure. And I like what you're saying about that, navigating your way through the complexity to make it simple. For And I think a lot of people, for a lot of us as humans, as leaders, and that we make things way too complicated. And if we can simplify it, uh, that's great for us, but also for our organisations and our teams as well. Mm. Hey, um, how's your business or industry changed and what impact has, had, has that had on you or your team? Well, certainly over the last uh, little period with the global pandemic, you know, it's created a significant amount of change for our sector. You know, our, the sector that I work in is play, active recreation and sport. So it's had a significant impact on the, the on sport in terms of the, you know, the, the structure of sport and the competitive nature of sport. But in, in all honesty, um, Dennis, you know, the sport 
um, anyway was already under challenge, you know, like young, more and more young people are dropping out of, you know, organised sport, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they don't com- compete like maybe you and I used to growing up, you know, and it's a natural part of the New Zealand fabric, you know, we're a sporting nation and then all of a sudden we've got a lot less kids that are young people that are participating in organised sport. So the, the that's really it's it highlighted the fact that we've got this significant gap that's been created with young people opting out of the you know the the out of sport or, or being active and so I think that's that that for us is the is the challenge. What does that look like in terms of leadership and what does that what does that mean for our organization? I think for us it's been helpful because you know that as there's a famous saying you know I'm not sure who buy but you know you never never waste a good crisis so the the opportunity to look at how you might work differently and what you might do in terms of providing different types of ways of thinking about the problem I think is has been really exciting yeah but in saying that you know in a leadership sense it's it's easier said than done. You know, everybody likes the idea of doing differently or change, but there's a question there around, you know, we're not necessarily wired for it. You know, like we like no. we like doing the same. <laughs> we like keep doing the same stuff. We're not necessarily that good sometimes at at thinking differently, even though we might think we like to. I'm not so sure sometimes. So I think there's been a, from a leadership point of view, it's been a real challenge and a period with the staff and the organisation to bring them on the journey around being okay to fail, being creating the environment that allows them to explore different ideas and sharing different ideas with the team around how to think differently or how to how to be curious, how do you challenge yourself? So all of those things can't just be done by one individual. I think you've got to create the environment that allows people to be engaged in the conversation because a lot of, you know, in terms of not not what's changing, but I think, you know, people want to know that they've been heard. Yep. And I think yep. um, listening, uh, I think, we might not say it enough, but I think listening and hearing uh, aren't always the same things, but I think they're an important part of, the the mix when um, you're dealing with complex issues, but also dealing with a range of diversity in the 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 way in which people think and act in your organisation. Yeah, amazing. I'm here with Trevor Shaler. He's just sharing listeners uh, the fact that we are not wired for change. Um, we don't like change. We want change to happen, but it doesn't. We don't always like it ourselves or when it happens to us. And the other thing too is that people want to know that they're being heard. Some really great insights here. Uh, if there was one thing, I'm sure there might be several things, Trevor, but if there was one thing that you could change in business as a leader today, what would that one thing be? It's a great, uh, great question. I mean, I, for me, I think I would like to change the the idea that. Uh, well, I'd like to change the idea that 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 leadership leadership comes in different forms. 
And I think we've got to be able to celebrate the fact that sometimes we can have a perception of what that should look like. And I think that we need to be okay with the fact that leadership comes in different forms. And in Māori culture in New Zealand, we there's a proverb that I use quite frequently, which is te amorangi ki mua ko te hapai o ki muri, which talks about, you know, it works well, you know, at the if it works well at the back, it'll work well in the front. And that whole notion around, you know, that there are leaders in the front and there's leaders at the back and that all of us have a, have a role to play. And I think sometimes maybe that in leadership we can maybe get carried away and think that, you know, the, the ones at the top, you, you know, make all the decisions and, and so forth. But I, I'm probably of the view that leadership comes in many different forms and I think if our leaders today can create more opportunities for to hear different voices, to provide those opportunities like AMSA did to me and for me, that's what I'd, I, I, that, that's what I'd like to see more of rather than the notion that, you know, leadership's not based on the fact that I have a CEO title. You know, it's really important that I still keep checking that people are, are willing to to follow what, yep. what, what what I'm trying to do. And I think that's a good reality test every now and then just to check that that people are following your lead and that you are doing those role model things because if, if people aren't following, then you're just out for a walk. Exactly, exactly. So you're just out for a walk if no one else is following you. Absolutely. And I think I like what you said about the fact that we celebrate that. And if we can celebrate the different types of leadership and the different flavors that come through, that's that's a wonderful thing. And um, being able to do that. But you're so right. If you're not checking in on a regular basis to make sure that you as a leader are doing the right things or doing things that are, that's, that's wonderful. So many times there is that stereotype that the person is a leader. Now, as you said, it could be because of the title, and the title doesn't mean that they're a leader. It's just a title. And um, I've seen so many times where you've had a managing director or a CEO, and you look at it and you go, nobody's – there's no respect there. There's no connection with the, with the team. It's just missing, which is really quite scary uh, indeed. Hey, Trevor, with employees today, how has employees' expect, expectations of leaders changed? Yeah, I'd like to think certainly in 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 my sector and in the organisation like like the organisation that I'm in, which is a not for profit organisation, you know that the the gap, you know the, the the leaders aren't right up the top and everybody down the bottom. You know the gap between the two is a, a, a lot closer. So I think the expectations have changed around the fact that uh, employees and team members are. Uh, can be a lot more direct and a lot more open around their views, and again, I think that can be um, be be it can be challenging for for some people. I'll tell you a, a, a little story, Dennis. You know, I was going through some challenging contract negotiations, really important stuff, and and I was finding myself being a, a little well, a lot, a, a quite a quite negative towards you know, the negotiation part and the impact of my negativity had a flow-on effect for those around me. And uh, one of my uh, leadership team meetings, one of my staff members said to me, you know, he said, you know, you've been really negative 
towards and the, the particular contract and said, you know, I wonder if we need to th- be more grateful. And then the, the honesty was appreciated full stop, you know, and it made me stop and take the time to reflect on my behaviour and on kind of my messaging, you know, and, I, and it's funny when things happen and just so happened um, a friend of mine sent me some information out of the blue, which always tends to happen for me, and it was above and below the line. It's about, you know, the foundational piece to do with self-awareness foundational framework and and again so I just picked up that tool and had a look at it and sat down with my leadership team and said right okay here we go here's this tool I, I'd like us to have a go at using it and when I drop below the line I, I want you to be able to to ask the question and so being able to be challenged and being vulnerable is important but the impact that it's had on our group has been significant in that we're able to start our meetings not by getting into the work but stopping and starting with you know how are you showing up today what space are you in you know how are you are you ready for you know are you frustrated are you excited are you curious and i think uh, a 5 minute discussion has such a big impact on the rest of the meeting and it's also had a major impact on how we've developed a stronger connection with the, my team and, and the rest of the staff. So it's a tool that we're regularly using. So it's really that challenge, um, Dennis, to, to not be afraid to continuously improve and that it's okay to keep looking for and open to receiving knowledge and ideas and feedback. It's what you do with it is the key. Ah. Okay, cool. So it's great to be vulnerable and having that feedback and understanding and so forth. But once you get the feedback, once you get the learning, it's what you do with it that's what counts, is what Trevor's saying, which is very, very strong indeed. So maybe that's a bit of an answer to the next question, maybe not, but is, you know, what makes a leader successful in, in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Yeah, I mean, success is really the, it's a really big question around, you know, what does, what, what, what's, what, how do you determine success? You know, what does success look like in your organisation, in your business? You know, is it revenue? Is it turnover? Is it, you know, customer feedback, you know, what, what are all, all a collection of all of those things. So I think I think having a view or a, a, some clarity around what success looks like, I think, is an important starting point. Um, certainly for me, you could you could say in that last story that I told, told around being vulnerable, you know, um, to me, oh, oh, that's success in some ways for me because it says yep. to me that my environment that – that we've created collectively enables my staff to be open and honest about how I'm leading, what I'm doing. So, I mean, to me, this might be a bit simplistic or a bit basic, but to me that that says that we're on a pathway to success if we can continue to, to have that type of space and environment that allows that discussion because if we're all focused on continuous improvement, knowing that you've got to keep asking the right questions, you've got to listen, you know, you've got to provide the feedback and you've got to have the level of accountability to mean what I say and say what I mean. And I think you've got to hold yourself to, you've got to find some things to hold yourself to around what what around what's important. So I think you've got to do 
determine what success looks like. But I think in that fast-paced changing, I think it's the degree of uh, flexibility and your own responsiveness to the change. How quickly are you able to adjust, to adapt, and to change to the environment to be able to, you know, what I say to the staff when they're out, you know, delivering work or on the ground, you know, I say to them, what, what did you see? What did you see when you were out there? You know, what did you observe? You know, and then I go, yep. you know, when they provide the feedback, I go, great. So what are we doing about what we see? How do you take that and actually then do something with it that is meaningful, that's responsive? And I think that's what I think the challenge is with the fast-paced world, how we change, how we respond to the change. And you know what? You might not get it right. And you know what? That that's okay too. And you know, w- what have you learned? You know, the thing you can't throw the towel in, in a boxing gym. You can't throw the towel in. You, you you would never throw the towel in. You just learn from it. You pick yourself up, and you 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 got to keep moving. You move forward. You know, ask those questions again, and you adjust. Yeah, I, I think it's a constant. You know, constant is the constant word around here. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said too, is about how quickly you're, you're able to adapt. And I think with the pandemic that we've had and so forth, a lot of organisations will be left behind. So will a lot of leaders because they haven't been able to adapt and move quickly where others who have mm-hmm. are just taking off. Their their businesses are doing really well and so forth. And so I, I really like what you just said there as well. Very good. So Trevor, if I was to get your you to get your crystal ball out and start thinking about the future and so forth, and where do you see leadership being in five years from now? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a, a, an interesting time and period for us around, you know, what that's going to look like. I think I hope what we will experience and see in in years to come in five years that you know that we our, that our leadership approach around development and support will enable that grassroots for all of us to see that we all have a role to play, that leadership isn't just about being at the top, that le- leadership, you know, I, there's, there's, I heard somebody say, um, I like the saying, they go, for most complex issues, you know, when you're trying to come up with solutions, they go, look, there's no silver bullet. And then uh, he said, no, 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 there is. And I went, oh, is there? He said, yep, the silver bullet is, bullet is leadership. And I think, I think, well, is and it is, and I think uh, he, I believe that to be true. That the silver bullet is not so much the detail of the question, the issue, the, but it is, it is leadership. It is about how we bring others on the journey, how we respond to challenges. You know, yep, there's insights and you can an- analyse all sorts of stuff and you've still got to make decisions and all those good things. But I, I, would, I would like to think that we've moved away from thinking that leadership is, is top-down. That, that's, that's what I would hope in five years' time, that it might be a bit flatter um, or that there's more people up the hill. More, oh, yeah, totally, more collaborative. I mean, I think, again, if you think about that proverb I said, you know, that leadership comes in, in many forms. So I think we shouldn't get too caught up in in thinking that there's only one way. I think there's multiple ways to get there. And I think we've just got to make sure that we're 
checking the way in which we're going and if we check the signposts and, you know, we are we taking time to reflect on those around us? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's some challenging times ahead in terms of what's happening globally in the world around how people look at leaders or look to leaders. Um, the best thing we can do is look at leadership of self. Yep, very good. And Trevor, I like what you said before about the grassroots leadership side of things. Now, if you go back to one of the very first things you said in the show, which was you know, around the question of how did you get into leadership, it was more or less you fell into it by accident. And I think that we have a lot of people in uh, in countries and the world and so forth who are coming through the, through the ranks or through their different ages, groups and so forth at schools, sporting teams, into organisations. And it's really the grassroots and that's where we should be in there helping develop them so they're getting ready for the future and given the opportunities. And as you said, you've shared with some of your mentors or one of your mentors in particular who has helped you a lot and um, given you some great opportunities while also being there as a support blanket to, to, to be there or support net, a safety net, as you said, uh, which is really helpful. Excellent. Hey, some great learnings there. Um, Trevor, look, I want to say to you, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where, where should they go? Oh, thanks, Dennis. It's been great to be on the show. Um, if any of the listeners are, are keen to um, connect with me, then LinkedIn's the, the best best place to find me. Uh, just uh, Trevor Shaler, LinkedIn. Yeah, great. We'll actually have that in the show notes. But uh, Trevor, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome to have you here. Thank you very much. Hey, well, pleasure. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, listen to them, put a review and a rating. Please feel free to share with your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show or a question you'd like me to ask my guests, or if there's a question you want to ask me in the Ask Dennis episode that happens once a week, send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, don't forget, we've released the Leadership is Changing Facebook group, and feel free to join that. Other than that, team, great to have you here on the show with us today. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.